Um, so that's kind of the Asato Dojo's role. Um, we're not trying to build a uh, Asato Dojo kind of organization. We're much more of a sort of a, a, a bridge um, for um, connecting people to, to the karate culture in Okinawa. Hey guys, and welcome to Karate Over Coffee. A podcast where we chat about everything and anything related to karate and kabuto. I'm Reese Cummings, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Shane McMahon. Hey guys, and welcome back to Karate Over Coffee. We've got a special guest today, James Pankovic, all the way from Okinawa. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Shane and Reese, for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm very much looking forward to having this chat with you guys i think it'll be a, a great chat today the previous podcasts we've spoken about different things about uh running a karate school and obviously james you have a little bit of a unique experience there being in the birthplace of karate so do you want to give us a little bit of a brief introduction to you and, and your story sure yeah i'd love to um so i've been in okinawa now for 11 12 years um living full-time uh, my wife is okinawan i have uh, three kids here um, but I originally came to Japan to pursue karate, karate practice, and study Japanese language and culture. And that was uh, back in the 90s. Um, so um, I, um, I found my way down to Okinawa. And um, I've been studying um, karate mainly and other martial arts along the way for about 30 years now. Um, and um, about three years ago, I opened my own dojo, which is called the Asato Dojo. Um, and it's just across the street from where the dojo bar used to be. And the dojo bar was my, my main kind of business for uh, nine years. Uh, the dojo bar was uh, kind of a fairly well-known place that karate people would, would get together and meet in Okinawa. Um, so um, lots of great memories that place. It was a place where uh, lots, of, uh, lots of people got to, got to get together, both you know, locals and visitors. Um, and, uh, um, and also a great, great place to learn as well. We learned a lot of things there. Um, the Okinawan teachers would often say, you know, that um, you learned as much outside the dojo after the training as you do inside the dojo. And uh, yeah, the, co the conversation the in the dojo bar. Um, yeah. But anyway, now uh, the Sato Dojo is, uh, is my main um, kind of uh, uh, focus. And like I say, we've been open for three, just just about three, almost three and a half years now. And James, a lot of a lot of people are wondering, mate, how the hell do you say your name and how do you spell it? <laughs> yeah, um, Pankovic. Pankovic is, the, I guess, the easy way to say it. If you're in Japan, it would be Pankovic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, P-A-N-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. Um, I don't. You shouldn't feel bad if it's hard to say or spell. I can re I can remember the the day when I learned to spell my own name. It was that that Maybe fourteen or fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's it's been a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet, especially in uh, living in Okinawa, people trying to spell it, and I suppose it's um, phon phonetically over there. It's 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 just best best endeavors, really. I mean. Um, there must, I've come across five or six different different attempts at sort of, yeah, phonetically spelling out my name in katakana, which is, you know, the, mm -hmm. the language, the, 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 the symbol set, character set in Japanese you use for foreign words. Um, 
there is no perfect fit. So, you know, we just go with the best that we can. Yeah. And you, you decided to go with uh, a Sato dojo rather than the traditional surname dojo uh, idea <laughs> as well. Yeah. You know, I thought James Ryu or James Dojo seemed a little bit, a little bit too presumptuous. Um, <laughs> so, um, Asato Dojo, you know, we're in, we're in Asato. Um, we are in the district, the area called Asato, which has a lot of, as you guys will well know, a lot of uh, historical connections with the development of karate over the centuries in, in Okinawa. Um, and indeed has been the name of, of some, some very important um, people, um, uh, Bushi in, the, in, in Okinawan karate history. Um, so yeah, that felt more appropriate and um, more practical too. And it's good for a Google search as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Always always go for an A an A name, right? It's easy to remember and comes up quick as well. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I see your, your background, uh, you've got the Bujin TV. Uh why don't you tell us a little bit about that and and uh, how it's a powerful tool for martial artists? Yes, thanks, Shane. I'd love to. Um so Bujin TV is uh, I guess the easiest way to describe it is sort of a Netflix for karate. But uh, so that's that's the, the you get the, the gist of it. Um, essentially, it's an online um, video streaming site dedicated to uh, martial arts content. Um, and um, the idea had been kicking around in my head for a little while, and then um, a couple of things happened that made it made it uh, realistic. Which was um, I was contacted by um, a, a technical team based down in South America, headed by. Um, fellow called Christian Romanelli. Christian's also a dedicated karateka and um, his um, team uh, were, were kicking around some concepts um, around building karate websites. And so we, we kind of got together and developed it into the idea of Bujin TV. And um, to be honest, also with COVID coming along, I mean, of course, mm. it's been extremely difficult for a lot of people and very, very um, hard for a lot of people. But there's always a sort of a silver lining to the cloud. Um, COVID, in our case, well, it freed me up to focus on Bujin. The dojo bar closed down, unfortunately, due to, you know, lack of people coming to Okinawa. Um, but also, of course, everybody now has been, has been, you know, going online for their karate content, for their martial arts content. And so it felt like the timing was good. And um, so our vision with Bujin is that we... Um, uh, add uh, high quality content to Bujin. It's, it's a little bit different from YouTube in that um, we are sort of at, we we kind of select the content, select who we work with, in order to um, uh, you know ensure the quality of the content there. Um, and um, we tend to have longer format content too. So we tend to have um, seminars and documentaries and interviews and um, and things like that, as well as shorter instructional pieces. So in that way, it's kind of yeah closer to. Netflix and, and YouTube. Um, I think it's interesting because obviously content production coming from a marketing background, content production uh, is something that's really important. And prior to COVID, I'm not sure that everyone was necessarily looking at how do they produce content or if they do produce content, how do they publicly make it available? Mm -hmm. uh, but content is king to use that line. And from a from a dojo's point of view as well, obviously publishing content can be a good PR exercise or a good way to get what you're doing out there. So how do you sort of see, I guess, Bujin TV on the other side as well, helping uh, people get their content out there, their message, the things that they're doing? Yeah, well, Bujin TV uh, is it, sort of, 
you know, it connects an audience with um, those people that are producing content that they want to share. And it does it around a core theme, right? So in that way, I see Bujin TV very much work the way that do the Dojo Bar worked. You know, there are people coming together but a common interest, teachers and students in that context. Um, but yeah, there's been, you know, an explosion in the amount of content that people are producing. Of course, um, you know, with a lot more content out there also, sometimes it's hard to find you know, the content that you're looking for, the stuff that either in terms of quality or, 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 or content is, is what you need to find. And so I think, um, you know, building this sort of community of, of content producers, usually teachers, but not always, some are documentary makers, some are movie makers, building them that into a community, it kind of helps to build an area where people can come and they've got a good idea about what they're gonna be able to find and the themes, etc. But also we always want to kind of exceed their expectations. You know, they, people come expecting to find this and they find an extra of some kind. And that also yep. was a lesson that I learned from the, from the dojo bar was that if people come away with a little more than they thought they would, then they're then 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 that's massively more valuable for them too. So, um, so from a if we were to talk from a marketing perspective, you know, if you can always exceed their expectations just a little bit, then they'll be you know feel very compelled to come back and uh, hopefully enjoy that that same experience again, right? Um, so, um, so for for. So for, for dojo owners, for example, or uh, instructors who are producing content, you know, Bujin TV offers them a place where they, they kind of know the audience, right? They know that people are there because they have this strong interest in martial arts. Often they're there looking for materials to learn from. Um, and so, you know, we hope that that makes it easier to connect the two, you know, teachers and instruct, uh, instructors and, and, and sort of potential students together. Um, I think the dynamics are changing a bit too, right? I mean, uh, it's it used to be, I suppose, just that if you opened a school or if you were an instructor, the people that came physically to learn from you were the people that you interacted with and the people that also then sort of financially supported you as well, perhaps. But um, with online now, you know, the, the everything is so much more open mm. that um the dynamics have changed it's not so much about where you are necessarily situationally actually geographically but more about um how you you what you have to communicate and also the, the way that you do it of course you know people have to really work on their presentation style i suppose um, yeah we know it does, we make, definitely it, it does make a big difference yeah. <laughs> that, that, that can be a that can be a hard thing you know if you if you're focused on um you know teaching martial arts for example and doing it as faithfully to the way that you were taught to do it that may not be exactly the way that it needs to be done online um so that, that i mean certainly for, for for myself um people i work with here um, it's been a, it's been a quite a quite a learning curve actually. I mean, how do how do you how do you guys find it? Well, I think uh, in Australia today is twelve months plus one day since the the country shut dojos down. Um, so that was the you know yesterday was sort of the day that every dojo in Australia went online. Well, not every dojo, but those that did yeah. uh, went online. And 
I found that it was, I said only to my students the other day, it was probably the most exhausting time in my martial arts career, standing in front of a computer because we kept our regular timetable. So that was about four hours, a um, four hours a day, five days a week for pretty much the same amount of students. But you don't get any of the energy back. You don't get any of the feedback. Uh, so, so delivering online or delivering in a video or virtual way, I think requires a different set of skills. Uh, a different way of communicating mm, but yeah. I personally found that while I never want to do it again if we can avoid it um, I found that a lot of those skills that were developed have made my actual delivery in class better uh, yeah. and an attempt to understand people as well with the interactive content online requires a lot more thought process uh, a lot more investigation to really figure out what you need to do and they apply well to in class as well. I know that's a little bit different to the content because on Bujin, because it's not necessarily interactive, but I think you've still got to consider all those things, the different learning styles and how it all fits together. Yeah, I, I think also how you deliver it, how you deliver a technique uh, or, a, or a kata uh, will forever change for video when you've got live people watching it live as well. Um, the same as Reese, it was, it was exhausting, man, just... Like it was, I'd rather teach five classes back to back at the dojo than five video classes because yeah. this you have to do everything at a hundred percent. You can't just walk around and correct people. Yeah. You, you've got you've got to show everybody how to do the techniques. Um, but what yeah. what I really like about the Bujin TV is the the amount of different. It's not just karate or not just uh kubudo there's other martial arts uh, other ideas where you can see the similarities um how have you found that james yeah well that was actually one of the reasons why we didn't call it karate tv for example I mean, that was one of the early ideas karate tv right makes sense kind of mm. straightforward but um i you know from the beginning uh, i wanted it to be you know um all about traditional martial arts that, that sort of um you know that are part of, of, of culture and the culture extends obviously around um, all of human civilization um, and um, the idea of Bujin of course Bujin is, a, is, a, is a, a Japanese word but it's also a concept that's come through from um, Chinese martial arts so indeed it's a concept that kind of stretches through um, probably Asian martial arts but also the idea of, of, of Bujin can kind of extend to other martial arts too mm. so we went for for this name to try and uh yeah to sort of symbolize and signal that we, we want to have this very wide view um and um and it's been great even though we've only been um live for about five months now um already that we have now a lot of content we started with a lot, lot of content from okinawa and japan we then added content um, from chinese martial arts we've recently added content from indian martial arts too um and um, I'm hoping that we'll add more content, for example, from uh, Maori martial arts, New Zealand, um, uh, from, from other martial arts around the world as well. I'd like to add more content from Southeast Asian martial arts, for example, Silat, um, uh, from, from um, European martial arts too. So I think that um, you know, we, have a, we have a great platform and opportunity to do that. It's all very much sort of a shared area of interest in the theme um, and um, also I, I'm, I'm particularly like content that has a little more depth to it um, it's good that we learn you know 
technically how to do this technique or that technique, but also it's good to get a little more depth to the the idea of of you know what um, martial arts practice is about too. So so. Um, and what are you what are you hoping for the next uh, six, 12, 12 months or two years? What um, what are you hoping it's going to look like? Well, um, I, um, hopefully we will continue to add um, additional content. We've got still got a good a good pipeline of content. Um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to add uh, more as we've done more in depth instructional content, but also some broader content. So let's say more educational or uh, even entertainment content, things that are more like uh, movies and uh, broad documentaries. In fact, in in the next month, um, we'll be releasing some um, fantastic documentaries from Empty Mind Films. Um, just beautiful, beautiful um, martial arts themed documentaries. Um, I'm also hoping that we, well, the other thing that we're rolling out is um, to make Bujin TV available across more channels. So um, on um, mobile channels, on smart TV, etc etc mm. um also i'm hoping that we can start to connect um the online bujin tv activity with um real world activity so connect and sponsor events yep. um, such as international seminars and other things so that we can bring together actually give people again they have a shared uh common um interest and we can bring them together to do take part in seminars and events in okinawa and you Japan mean live live seminars yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I was really hoping that we could organize one here in Okinawa at the end of this year. Now it's looking like maybe not. So mm. 2022, probably. Um, but um, yeah, once we can, most of us can travel again, then I, you know, I think there's there's so much pent up desire to be able to yeah. travel and visit again <laughs> that um, uh, a lot of people are going to do that so and very importantly um, uh james sorry uh, how do reese and i get it get it for free <laughs> well, oh, that's a good question yeah. <laughs> What's um, we, will, we, we will point out though that it's uh it's not a sponsored podcast uh but yeah, yeah, yeah. not yet it, it, <laughs> but it does you know all of this does play a, a pretty important part like content uh and, and how we're delivering it is important and obviously at the moment we can't get to okinawa or those of us that have teachers in okinawa we can't get those uh people over but you've said that obviously travel is this pent-up thing and and i know it is because i'm looking at booking a domestic holiday and everyone who would normally go overseas at the moment is traveling domestically in australia mm. um but that sort of links in well, I guess, to the idea of tourism. Tourism has been increasing quite significantly in Okinawa or karate tourism. Uh, and there's obviously been a, a high push with the Olympics that was pushing the, um, that form of karate and the publicity that that was gathering. And then Okinawa perhaps then looking to go, well, how do we uh, also promote our own agenda? So how, did, how have you seen, I guess, Okinawa and uh, karate tourism change over the 10 years that you've been there uh how do you see it positively or negatively impacting um the the, the community there and more broadly excellent question by reese but you'll have to wait for part two coming shortly thanks for listening guys and if you'd like more information check us out at karateovercoffee.com 
or have a look at wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be on Spotify, iTunes, on the website or online. And I look forward to grabbing a coffee with you next time.